you know, I always wonder what happens, you know, before I see a movie. Like, you see a movie and then you're like, you know, this is a cool movie. But what always happened before that? Let me out. <laughs> This is a tad too far. There's far, there's too far, and then there's us. A tad too far. Uh, this is your host, Taj, and I'm here with my co-host, Dietrich. Yo. And also back again, Brandon. Hello. <laughs> and so this is round three of a film franchise. And so this time we're doing a prequel. So, uh, you know, that fun classicness of where you watch a movie, you know, and then they may do another movie and then they're like, let's go back to before the first movie. <laughs> and so um, mine is kind of an, an interesting point of view. So, like, mine is, uh, first of all, what you got to understand, the reason why I watched this movie to begin with was I'd started working at a movie theater about like 15 years ago. Uh, about somewhere around there. Math is weird. Uh, and so it was one of those things where I saw pretty much every movie that came out that summer. Cause like every movie that came out, I went to go see. There was a few I didn't. And so this movie, you know, involved a magical pair of pants that fit all four girls that they bought at thrift store. Oh my God. <laughs> Yes, I'm talking about Sisterhood of Traveling Pants. So I thought, like, there's been two so far, right? But we don't know where the pants came from. I mean, there's these magical pants that magically fit them, right? So what if we did a prequel and said where the pants came from? Huh? <laughs> I'm getting nods and no from Dietrich. Like, what the heck did you pick, dude? <laughs> I, I really can't say anything bad about it. <laughs> well, I really could, but I decided not to. Um, just just for sake of of the movie and and everything that's going on with it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's my concept. You know, uh, you know, spiky sticks were bad before they're now used for yard signs, right? So where I'm going with is that the It'll be Sisterhood Traveling Pants subtitled The First Owner, right? And so what it'll be is like, it'll be kind of like a mean girl, like this mean girl bought the pants and then like she would wear them. And then like there's, of course, will be some heartfelt part in between where she, you know, learns empathy for other people and then she wants to get rid of her bad past. And so that's how the pants get donated to a thrift store. So, yeah, that's my concept. <laughs> So she could have slept with like twenty five people and, and did like speed balls and 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 gotten pregnant and was homeless and, and went then to a the rehab pants. center and found her father who was the actual director of the rehab center and which she didn't know was her father and then turned around and met her her uh, you know. Uh, distraught family that 
she never knew she had. And so the pants were a representation of her old life. And she gave them up to a thrift store for three dollars and 25 cents to go get another speed ball of crack and okay i'm i'm, I'm really I'm, I'm confused right now i've never seen it so how are these pants, pants magical what, what do you do for the owner of the pants oh my God. does it give them a summer waistline no, supposedly what like the pseudo magic of it is is that they find these pair of pants that fits all four of them, and they're and so what they make this pack because they can't spend the summer together to ship the pants to each other for like every one of the three months or four months for that they're gone for the summer. So like the it's a four part story where one person is wearing the pants and then you know something good happens to her and then she ships the pants to somebody else and so. And then it's their story. And so, yeah. So, so it always ends with something positive. Exactly. Yeah. So Basically. it was the pants. It wasn't co- like coincidence <laughs> that something good happened to each of the four owners of the pants. It had to have been the pants that gave them good luck. Uh, I, you know, it's debatable. <laughs> but yeah. Just Wait. like Nike, it gotta be the shoes. Like the Jordan commercial back in the day, it's gotta be the shoes, Mike. It's gotta be the shoes. Well, <laughs> in this situation, it's gotta be the pants. Well, Did yeah. you say your prequel, how the pants become magical? No, I did. I just thought that you know the the prequel should kind of flip the story on its head and be because the. You know, the Kurt ones are all, they're all nice girls, you know, and, you know, they're going through like you boy troubles or family troubles and stuff like that. So, you know, nothing like, you know, kind of lifetime, but a little bit past lifetime drama type of thing. So regular drama, <laughs> you know, okay. and so that's what I'm saying that, um, you know, it'd be interesting to flip it rather than it being like the normal nice girl, have it be like the mean girl that becomes a nice girl, but then she decides to get rid of the pants. So so what what year does your prequel take place? Oh, that'd be a good, I guess, early 2000s, probably. Because I think the original movie came out and, well, but I'm not sure when the book took place. So, but yeah. I would okay. say early 2000s. So, yeah. I was kind of hoping that you would say we'd have an origin story about the pants, but we'll go to more of a, a darker tone uh-huh. that forged during the Salem witch trials <laughs> and one of the one of the witches wore those pants and she somehow magically escaped being, you know, persecuted and and drowned and uh and then those pants got, you know, carried from one generation to another and good things just kept happening to these witches. I like it. I like it. Just a thought. Just a thought. Sounds good. And then they ended up in a thrift store. But I got you. Yeah, yeah exactly. But the traveling pants were jeans. So. Yeah, they were blue jeans. Oh, were they jeans? Yeah, yeah but blue jeans. Being, maybe the jeans were forged by the devil in Salem. <laughs> <laughs> devil jeans. Yeah. Devil jeans, and then Joan of Arc wore them. Um, 
pantaloons, <laughs> and then the, and then they became underlining for the actual pair of jeans that that turned into the thrift store. And yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah that works. Yeah. We'll make your movie, Taj. It, or or you could have that. You know, technically, it, it's not really the blue jean part that has the magic. It's the the pocket lining. Because that could have been old pants material, like the actual pocket lining fabric. That way you have multiple magical pants out there. Huh? Huh? All right. Okay. I, I yeah. see where that... Yeah, I can't see it. But I'm trying to. It's <laughs> a good thought. You said, there was a, you said there was already a sequel? Yeah, there's a two. Yeah, there's did a sister. Watch, of did you watch that one too? I did not, know. Oh. <laughs> so, well, maybe in the sequel they talk about the origin of the pants. <laughs> maybe, but I, I don't think so. Okay. You never know. You could be right. I should have done my research. You are correct. I, yeah, you need to go back and watch that movie. Not not to do your research, but just like me. <laughs> Does this movie hold up? <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it held up it, enough to make a second one, so somebody was was watching it. It's just, oh. yeah, it, it wasn't me, but it, I, I can see it. it. It held up like a pair of pants. That's how it held up. <laughs> Not all pants hold up there, Taj. Some, some pants need belts. <laughs> These were hip hugger jeans. They, they're going to hold up. We're good. <laughs> You know, you know, boot cut <laughs> style, <laughs> out, bell bottom shit. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something to the mix. Okay. Um, okay. Not, yeah, buddy. All right. So, um, I went a little, little bit different from about it. <laughs> um, uh, my movie actually originally came out in 2010, and it's okay. about um, basically after a retired black ops CIA agent. And his uh, social security caseworkers, um, they're basically being targeted by uh, high tech assassins. And uh, he reassembles his old team in order to find out why. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Yeah, all right. And it stars uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Mary <laughs> Louise Parker and Morgan Freeman and Helen Moran and John Makovic. And yeah, so I'm talking about the story Red. Um, I actually like the fact that there are older individuals um, who have all this, you know, spy training and, and basically assassins at will type of deal. And so I took the movie Red and I did a prequel to when they were younger, before he met Mary Louise Parker and, and, and everything else. Going on a couple of covert operations and showing how they all interacted together in their younger selves, and I called it green. You called it what? Green. Instead of red, it's green. It's when they were actually <laughs> active and and being a part of the CIA and and going through all these missions, and you got this quirky crew that you put together, and all of them are, are top of their marks in what they do, but. You know, of course, stuff will go awry. And, of course, you have a couple of bad guys that they really have to take out and whatnot. But that's kind of what leads up to his retirement is when a, a certain situation happens. And and one of the members, the original members, is lost. And so um, they actually, you know, start going their separate ways. So it shows the separation of the group 
in order for him to get to the point where he retires. But that's that's where I was going with that story. Not so much as as riveting as, as some traveling <laughs> pants, but I, I still think uh, it, it will hold its ground if we actually did it and, and did it right. Well, see, you could actually you could actually do two prequels. You could do green, and then you could do yellow. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, green was green would be one they're just all out asking the ass and, and killing everybody. Yellow is when the person that was part of the original crew dies, and then red is when you know after all these years of of not being active, all of a sudden. You know, everybody starts coming after you for whatever reason, and I could understand that. And they also got right. red too, so yeah, that was that was a fun little follow up. But um, right. yeah, I think I think green and yellow would, would be cool. Yeah, that green works. and yellow, I, I like it. <laughs> Brandon, have you ever seen red? I've not. I've not seen it, or I've not seen red too. I've seen bits and pieces. I think flipping through television, but I've never watched the whole thing. Oh. But I know, I know of all the uh, the actors in it, right? Okay. Yeah. okay so. Red is actually one of those that I actually I'm not gonna say it was like the best watched I've ever seen, um, but it, it definitely held its own little niche, and I I like movies that have their own niche. Yeah, it was entertaining for sure. Yes. So would you would you if it's I, I'm assuming it's younger versions than of the characters. Yes. So would you you would recast with different actors? I would recast with different actors, uh, being their younger selves. Um, and I would, uh, just have them run amok. Um, can you imagine a younger Morgan Freeman? I mean, even when it was like 1970s, he looked the same. So, <laughs> so you just, you just had Morgan Freeman play Morgan Freeman. Just to pretty much. Yeah. That, that's how that would work. You were Morgan Freeman being Morgan Freeman would, would, dyed black hair instead of the gray uh, that's in his head and um, everybody else would have to get recast. You'd have to recast the younger Bruce Willis. I'm pretty sure there's a doppelganger out here. Somebody that's like 23 that looks like Bruce Willis and is already getting cloud because he's already got like bald, male bald pattern baldness. I thought you were going to pick Shia LaBeouf again to play a younger (laughs) Bruce Willis. Or, or who no. was it? Shia LaBeouf or who played him in in Looper? Who played the uh, younger Bruce? Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I could uh, I could definitely see something of that nature to where that would happen. But um, yeah, I, I would have them run amok and 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 basically go around and kill everybody and and have fun doing it. And the own quirky way. Can you see a young John McAvitt acting a fool? I could. <laughs> would yeah. he still be be paranoid or would like oh, he Oh yeah. He would okay. be even more paranoid than he is in, in, in this movie. <laughs> like in this movie he thinks any and everybody is going to kill him at any point. The person walking with her kid across the street. Um, with the stroller, he thinks has a gun inside the stroller, and nine times out of ten he's wrong. But one time he might actually be right. They may actually have a rocket launcher inside the stroller <laughs> type deal. But um, yeah, I, I could definitely see somebody younger playing that part and acting a fool with it. it. It would be it would be a great show. Okay, I like it. Cool. Yeah, I think you could definitely do a prequel. Yeah, for sure. More so than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like the other one. I mean, I, I 
like I said, if she's on drugs and and having an orgy and and, <laughs> and doing speedballs and and basically you know ruining her life, and then something happens where she almost gets hit by a car and then beats her her, her you know um her person that actually helps her get off the drugs and gets everything straight, and she throws the jeans away because they got like nut stains and everything else on it. Excuse my language, but. <laughs> You know where it's going. Um, and it right. washes everything up and then takes it to the cleaners or, or takes it to the uh, thrift store. You know, that, that that would be a cool little situation. I, I really don't think they'll go that route. Um, right. Think of a, a younger version of fried green tomatoes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you can totally uh, mislead the audience to the whole movie. They're like... When are the jeans going to be in this picture? The whole movie, she's like wearing different kind of pants. Oh yeah, it's like it's already been like an hour and a half in the movie. Like, is she ever going to get those jeans? I'm saying, uh, where, where the hell does jeans come from? Like, oh, she's in she those shorts. She's in bikinis. She she's running around town in these joggers, like you know, spandex, you know, corduroy pants. Like, you know, catch on fire when she starts running. Like where where the hell the jeans come from? And the jeans right. come from in the last ten minutes of the movie. Right, right. this title totally misleading. I thought they were going to be pants in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> and she steals the jeans from a from a, a department store, and then realizes she does something wrong, and then takes them to a thrift store. That's like that's the whole point of the jeans. <laughs> oh man! See, it seems like it seems like a marketing ploy, like. They bought them. Totally with the marketing. Like, well, we need a we need to use a franchise to really get people to go in there. Let's just call it Traveling Pants, the prequel, you know, and then we'll somehow connect it to the other two at the very yeah. end. And and we'll put the Levi logo right there when you see it getting put on the thrift store racket. Yeah, but, but isn't that like fifty percent of prequels? Fifty percent prequels are just a marketing play to, to make money and use the name. True. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. And some prequels definitely don't need to see the light of day, but yet they do for whatever reason. But right. yeah, yeah, it's definitely a money grab. So. Yeah. All right. So what do you have, Brandon? I'm okay. sure it's good. <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> anyway, um, so I decided to make a prequel to a series that already has two films. Uh, the first one came out in 1982. That movie is a science fiction film that takes place in the year 2019. And then a few years ago, they made another sequel, and that movie took place in the year 2049. That series, Blade Runner. Yes! <laughs> so, I think there's a lot of material and a lot of stories that you could tell about Blade Runners before we are introduced to the Deckard character that Harrison Ford plays in the original Blade Runner. In fact, I think what could be a really good story is the beginning of the Blade Runner department and how they have to somehow figure out a way to deal with replicants and how to handle replicants and what that department's job really is and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And even 
at some point in a movie, you could even introduce a very young Deckard, you know, a, a Harrison Ford character, the Harrison Ford character, maybe even towards the end of the movie. He doesn't necessarily have to be the, the lead, but he could be a supporting character. I mean, you could basically make like a training day with Blade Runner, you yes. know, some, something to that effect or end of watch, but make it a Blade Runner. But it's like the beginning of the Blade Runner department. You know, like everything that happened off planet that that created the law that outlawed replicants is like the backdrop of the beginning of the film. And then this is like the beginning of the Blade Runner, uh, you know, Blade Runner organization. Yeah, I like that because because, yeah, I like how you're saying it's that training day, but I like that concept of like you know, what the official goal is and then what the secret mandate is via policy, you know, kind of. Right. Well, because, I mean, you know, this is something something new and something fresh. Like, this isn't something that they ever thought that they'd, ha- they'd have to do. You know, they, they created replicants to basically, they made they made them slaves. They made them do these menial jobs and, and what have you. And then the replicants, there was an uprise off planet. And I guess they never thought something like that could happen. And so, you know, their their knee jerk reaction is to outlaw replicants on Earth. You know, so you could you could totally deal with, you know, the political repercussions of all that stuff, too. You know, and then just being like a police officer who is doing a normal job and now is being assigned to be a Blade Runner. So now your specific job is to track down replicants. And, you know, what does that what does that mean? Because, you know, replicants are also going to be a lot tougher to take down than, you know, your your run-of-the-mill criminals in the Blade Runner universe. So, anyway. I can definitely see that. Me, you, could even, you could even turn it into a TV series if you wanted to. Because you can make each week, you know, a, a different story, you know, tracking down different replicants and stuff. That would be cool, but I think if you made it a TV series, they'll screw it up. Like the same way they tried to do 12 Monkeys. They, it was kind of like gone off the rails and really didn't hold true to the whole story front. So, but yeah, I definitely could see a prequel to Blade Runner. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, because yeah. it's such a, a rich universe to begin with, you know, and, and the way the way it looks, I mean, it's just it's incredible for a film. Like it takes place in 1982. That movie still holds up and still creates a, a, you know, a futuristic world that could still possibly happen. Yeah. I, what really strikes me and what I really like about it is that with the stuff that's going on nowadays with black life matters, I mean, this could, the point of most sci-fi is to, you know, put a different facade on stuff, but still talk about current issues. And something like this you totally would be that, 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 you know, way to talk about stuff that's like, you know, that, you know what I'm trying to say? Where it's like the police have one official goal, but then they have a new goal that's not really correct in a sense. But yeah. Well, you know, you, you have these, these blade runners, who are having to do the dirty the dirty work they're having to do this like job that this or this you know corporation is responsible for 
You know, like you're the one that created these things, and now we have to we have to clean up your mess. Yeah, right. I got you. Yeah, so I guess it doesn't quite work as I was thinking. Well, no, no. I mean, no, but you totally can do that because yeah, there are of course going to be people like there's going to be off Blade Runners who are are sympathetic or sympathize or you know you could have organizations that are protesting the existence of the Blade Runners. You know, right. Like, yeah, and the fact that, like you're watching a movie called Blade Runner, so you're supposed to like support the Blade Runners, but maybe you shouldn't. Like what you know, like maybe mankind has run its course, and this is our this is you know this is our evolution. Right, right. Exactly. You did this, so I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many themes that you could play with in in the Blade Runner prequel. Right, Blade Runner is so. It's so cemented in 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 sci-fi and 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 the rules of sci-fi and how everything's going on. Like Tyler, I definitely see your error and where you're coming from. Uh, um, not your error, sorry. Your um your thought process and where you're coming from with it, um, because it does have political you know overlines. It, it does have um shades of discrimination. It does have shades of of things that are being affected by one group or another you know, in that type of situation. So uh sorry about that. Uh, something was gone. Nope. Yeah. But um like without Blade Runner there would be no iRobot. Without Blade Runner there would be no um uh, a lot of the sci fi that is coming out now that holds true to those political tones. Because um without something to set forth the, the thought process of going of of you know depriving one group in order to raise up another there would be a lot of movies that would not exist like equilibrium or or anything of that nature so right. yeah yeah it, that's why I think it's so strong and it holds up today because it wasn't so much set on the um special effects of it as it was the 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 underlining of what every the whole society was built on you exactly know, like like exactly what brandon said you're you're the organization who created these replicants and yet we have to fix the mistake that you made and we're not getting compensated for that situation at all yeah yeah you know and you look at the original blade runner like the, the four replicants they just want to survive that's, you know, it. They, that's it. They just want to live. And yeah, they do want to meet their maker. They want to know why they exist. Why did you make us the way that we are? Why are we anyway. flawed? Why why right. you know why do we have so many different things that people hate about us? Yet yet you could have made it to where nobody would even know we existed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's my idea. A prequel to Blade Runner that deals with the the beginning, the beginnings of the Blade Runner department. Okay, I like it. So, and again, you could introduce a young Deckard if you want into the series or into the movie, right? But he can't. I don't think he should be the lead. No. Yeah, I th- I think you should make it like Gotham and not introduce him until the last episode. 
<laughs> the series. Movie. It's a movie. Oh, a movie. movie. It's a Sorry. four hour movie. We're making a four hour film. <laughs> four hour. <laughs> the you can some two, two hours and 45 minutes into the movie. It's, that's where you can bring in Decker. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's just learning the ropes of the situation. No, see, see what you do is you introduce him first five minutes, but he dies, and then the last five minutes you find out that was Deckard Senior and Deckard Junior joins in the last five minutes. You totally fake out the fans and make him piss. Wow. So, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> you could I mean you could even have in the background. Like at some point, you could even have a, in the background a uh, a replicant that is an exact lookalike to Rugger Howard, just kind of like I don't know, getting on a ship or something to kind of tie it in because you know they they were the replicants. As far as I understand, they look the same. Some of yeah. the some of the models. So there's, I mean, again, there's a lot you can do, and you can connect, you know, the other two films to this prequel. I definitely like that. I definitely like that aspect of it. Um, depends on who would direct it, and it also depends on on the casting for for this particular situation. Yeah, casting will play a very huge role in how everything plays out. For sure. Yeah. So. Okay. So, uh, any uh, other prequels you guys thought about doing that, that weren't done? There, there was a moment where I was going to argue why prequels shouldn't exist, and and then Blade Runner popped in my head, and I'm like, well, I can't do that now. <laughs> can't argue prequels are horrible, but there are so, some good prequels. Yeah. 50% of them, like I still say, 50% of them are, are just money grabs and not a good idea. But yeah. yeah. I honestly would want, I don't know if it's out there, but I would want to do a redo of a prequel to Predator. Um, I definitely would love to see them in their home world, their home habitat, um, how everything works there, that type of situation. Um. And and see you know how they became the the massive hunting alien race that they did. Gotcha. That'd be cool. And the technology. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't. I I didn't have any other ones. Well, I mean, I was doing research, and there was originally I was looking at some different movies, but. I just went for the the wackiness I went for. <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah. But I think all, all, right. all three of them have potential. <laughs> <laughs> We're just all not right. going to talk about the one that may have the least potential. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this has been a part of a, this has been a tattoo far. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and on our website, tattoofar.com. That's T A D T O F A R.com. We're part of the Sioux Empire Podcast Network. Please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Bye. Hey,
to paraphrase Roy from Blade Runner, I've seen pains you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, I- on that point. <laughs> <laughs>